what's up everybody welcome back to the podcast happy thanksgiving and i hope you're having a great week so far i want to dive into this uh subject today on fruitfulness and i believe this is really going to bless you really with this podcast we could take uh man uh, four or five episodes and uh, dive into each of these but i'm going to give you um probably the top five five things that will lead you to fruitfulness uh so let's start on that fruitfulness uh, i want to read colossians um chapter 1 and verse 9 and 10, he says, I pray for you. Uh, and he says, I desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God and increasing in the knowledge of God. God, God set it up that we would be fruitful. And we see this all the way from the beginning. If you look at Genesis 1, 22, God's first instruction to Adam was be fruitful and multiply. And he wasn't only, obviously he was talking about children, but he wasn't just talking about children. And for us, that's, if you, if you do a word search on fruitful uh, in the Bible, you'll get a lot of, a lot of results because God called us to be fruitful. He called for our lives to bear fruit. There, there's a ton of parables in Jesus' teaching about being fruitful. He cursed the fig tree because it wasn't fruitful. Hey, the, 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 uh, the, the man who owned the land, the, uh, who then lent it out to um, people who would tend to his vineyard, and then when he came to reap his fruit, there was no fruit for him to reap. And, uh, and, or they came to reap, he sent someone to gather his fruit and then they kicked them out. Right. And then what will he do? Well, he's going to take that land from him and give it to somebody who will render him his fruit. God's looking for us to be fruitful. But so what does that mean? And what does that take on our behalf? And so I'm going to give you what I believe are the top five points on fruitfulness. All right, you're ready. Number one, I'm going to read from John chapter 15, where Jesus talks about how to become fruitful. John 15, one, he says, I am the true vine. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that bears not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges it, purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you, except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So number one, the first thing he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, the number one step to becoming fruitful is getting the word of God on the inside of you. Uh, if you look back in John 14, verse 21, he says, um, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I'll love him and will manifest myself to him. So the first thing is that you have to get the word of God. He that has my commandments and keeps them. You know, if you don't know what the command, you know, I remember there's a scene in the Matrix where the the guy, one of the guys is about to take the pill so he can go back to the life. And he said, ignorance is bliss. Like I'd rather unknow what I know. And, uh, and that's always stuck with me because I thought there's people who are like, man, I don't want to spend too much time reading the word because then if I figure out there's something I'm supposed to be doing and then I don't do it, then I'm accountable for it. And so God's commandments have to be gotten so they can be kept. Amen. 
and we get the word of God in our heart, but the word of God is fruitful. The word of God is the seed that brings forth fruit. There's a whole parable in Mark chapter four, and it's also in Luke, and it's also in one of the other gospels in, uh, in Matthew. And um, uh, it talks about the types of uh, ground that the seed can fall into. It doesn't talk about the seed. The seed is the seed. The seed is the word of God. The sower sows the word. The word is perfect. It doesn't sp- spend time talking about the different types of seed. It spends time talking about the different types of ground. And so God's looking for fruitfulness. Number one is you got to get the seed in you to bring forth fruit. You can have a plot of land, but there's no seed in it. Then it's not going to bring forth anything. So getting the word of God, getting the word of God in you, abiding in you. He says, and when you do that, you'll ask whatever you will, and it'll be done for you. So number one, if you're taking notes, is get the word of God. This is the most important factor of your life is get the word of God abiding in your spirit. Number two is Obey the word of God. Uh, uh, keep his commandments. He says, he that keeps his commandments, he that loves me is he that keeps his commandment, keeps my commandments. So if you if you get the word of God, but then you don't keep it, then you don't love God. That's what the Bible says. If you, if you know God instructed me to do this, but I'm not doing it, or I'm disobeying, then, then that's a practical example of how you don't love God. Well, I love God, but he understands, you know, he's got grace on me and I just keep doing this. That's not what grace is for. God, God takes these obedience seriously. The whole of the blessing of the Bible hinges upon obedience to God's word. So number one, you get the word of God. And number two, you obey the word of God. Very simple, but very important. Get the word of God in you and obey the word of God. And then number three is diligence. Everyone say diligence. Diligence. I've been preaching a lot lately. You can tell when I start prompting people through the podcast to say things with me. Diligence. Second Peter um, chapter 1 verse 5 through 8, and he begins to teach, uh, he, he gives this long list of things that we need to do, but he says, giving all diligence that you add to your faith, virtue and virtue, um, uh, brotherly kindness, and he goes down this list of things we need to do, but he says, having diligence. I was talking to a friend, he said, and and that, and the result of this, that you won't be unfruitful and barren in your walk with God. Uh, I was talking to a friend and I said, what's your best definition for uh for diligence. And he said, doing your best today, every day. And and my definition would be doing something fully diligence. And this, I believe is, is, this is really what the Lord's been speaking to me about over the past number of months, but being a diligent person where you do things to the full. There is something in the generation now, the younger generation, that things are done half-heartedly. And a lot of it can be blamed on social media because people are very distracted you know, people aren't aren't giving their best. It's like people sit and watch TV and then they're on their phone at the same time. They can't even like give their best to to watching TV. Like there's a divided attention. So people are at work, but then they're on their phone. They're getting text messages. They're checking their social media. Blah blah blah. And uh, and there there's a dis- people are distracted. But there's something about doing something fully. The Bible says in Proverbs thirteen four. It says the soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. There's something, there's a blessing that comes on on diligence and being a person who does it to the full. Titus 3.14 says, And let ours also learn to maintain good works for necessary uses, that they be not unfruitful. So, diligence, and we could, I think I've even done a podcast on diligence, but we could spend a lot more time on this, but it's setting a standard of work. And I've talked about this before in this podcast, but where you decide that I'm going to do this so that Jesus approves of my work 
Yes, I'm looking for promotion. I'm looking for blessing. I'm looking for, for uh, to be recognized that I'm a diligent person. But more than anything, I want God to see that I will be a person who will work wholeheartedly. God is the one who promotes. Your boss can give you a promotion or not promote, but God's the one ultimately who promotes. And so giving diligence in every area. So ask yourself, am I diligent in my work or am I a lazy person or am I, you know, people judge it by the standard of coworkers and that's not how you're supposed to judge it. Oh, compared with the people around me, I'm diligent. That's not how it works. It's compared with the standard of the gospel. Are you giving your best today? every day. And this is an area that we have to keep a close watch on our lives so that we can maintain diligence in all areas. Amen. So diligence, number three. And then number four is love. Philippians chapter one, and I'm going to read um, from verse nine through 11. Philippians one, nine through 11. The Bible says, in this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, and that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, being fruitful, which are by Jesus Christ the glory and praise of God. The the everything that comes after stems on that you that your love may abound more in knowledge and in discernment. But this is a scripture on becoming fruitful by love. And really our love for God has to be the underlying factor for all of this. And I know people listening to this love the Lord, but you know, there's, there's something, there's something about taking time to remember how good God has been and pouring your love out on God. You know, you can, you can be generous and that's going to be one of our next points. You can be generous to God without loving. You can, you can, uh, um, you can give and it not be from a heart of love, Right. But you can't love and then not be generous. Love will cause you to be generous. You can work hard and then not be from a heart of love. It'd be from a false motive. The Bible talks about how the motives of people will be revealed on Judgment Day because people will have done it for the praise of man. They'll do it for the position. I was, re- I was studying yesterday on what it takes to be a hypocrite, and one of them is seeking the chief places in the feasts and at church and uh, glorying in titles and glorying in, in the praise of man. And, and to be seen long prayers out in public and being seen by people. And so there's people who are, are doing the right things, but they're doing them from the wrong motive. But when you keep the underlying thing as the first and greatest of all the commands, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, that in our fruitfulness, we're doing it to the glory of God and for our love for God. Lord, I love you so much. I just want to see your name glorified on the earth. I'm not here for me. I'm here for you. I want to see you glorified and exalted. And it's our love for God that keeps us running the race, running the heavenly course. Your love for God is the most important thing uh, that everything is done out of that motivation. Lord, I love you. And I want to I want to be a blessing and I want to fully, fully accomplish everything you have for me. So number four, love. And then the last two, number five, praise. Praise is a matter of the heart and praise comes out of a place of love. But Psalm 67, five and six says, let the people praise him. Let all the people praise him and the earth shall yield her increase and God even own God shall bless us. You know, opening your mouth and beginning to give thanks for what he's done. I love Philemon 1, six. It says that your faith may become effective through the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. There's there's something about opening your mouth and saying, Lord, today I love you and I thank you. I acknowledge, Lord, that you are my God. You are my Savior. You are my Father. You are my provider. Lord, I bless you today. Lord, I give you thanks today. I thank you that you're delivering me. I thank you that you're strengthening me. I thank you that you're equipping me. Thank you. I'm going from glory to glory. Lord, I bless you 
today. Lord, I worship you today. You're so wonderful. And you open your mouth and it and it'll bring you into a place of fruitfulness. There's Christianity is not a quiet thing. It's an open mouth thing. Lord, I love you so much. You're everything to me. And continuing to have that river of praise flowing out of your heart. So number five, praise. And then the last one, generosity. Generosity in giving, generosity towards the kingdom of God. The Bible says, I'm going to read Philippians 4. Uh, Philippians 4 is awesome. He talks about uh, them not having opportunity to give. And he said, oh, your, your, your care for me has flourished again. And he says, it's not that I need anything. I, I've, I've figured out how to be content wherever I am. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But he says here in verse 14, he says, nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Your, your love for God will prompt you to give generously to God. Lord, I love you and I'm giving, but your your giving of money is linked to your fruitfulness. There is actually an account in heaven that has fruit in it based on how generous you've been. And it's not based on uh, amounts. There could be someone who's a millionaire and they're giving you know, $10,000 and then you have $10 and you're giving $10. It's based on percentages. You know, the woman with the two mites who had given more than everybody else because she gave out of her poverty. So it's based on where you're at, but there's generosity. Someone's generosity may be $100,000. Someone's generosity may be $1,000. Someone's generosity may be $10, but it's generosity based on where you are. And especially when it comes to a time like Thanksgiving, I encourage you to ask the Lord, Lord, what's a seed of generosity that I can sow? If you don't have a good place to sow, sow into Revival Ministries International. You can go to revival.com to sow. But but sowing and keeping that lever pushed down, because that's a place that comes out of a place of love. Lord, I love you, and I want to show you that money will never have my heart. You know, when you realize that God's actually done things to make sure your heart stays for Him, like, hey, Keep your eyes from, you read through Proverbs, keep your eyes from uh, uh, immoral women, right? So your eyes aren't looking in the other direction. And then he says, keep your heart with all diligence out of it for the issues of life. And then he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Give so that your heart can stay in line with my kingdom. These things will keep you fruitful. Getting the word of God on the inside of you, keeping the word of God on the inside, uh, uh, obeying the word of God, diligence, number three, your love, number four, and then number five, your praise, and the number six, your your generosity. These are the things that'll keep you being fruitful in what God's called you to do. And so I want to encourage you when you uh, finish here with this podcast today, take a few minutes and sit down and saying, where are areas that I can improve? It's you hear, and it's about being a person then that looks in the mirror and makes the adjustments. I love you. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you on the next podcast.